in the movie justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important people. The Casey's who investigate the movies and the Isaacs who shitpost the movies. These are their stories. Welcome back, everybody, to the crime podcast. It uh, it's a it's a Law and Order episode this week. Yeah, it's that's um, what I was thinking. Mind over law, mind over order. Together, we are law over movies. What what does that mean, Casey? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're committing uh, war crimes on this podcast. Uh, I mean, standard fare for, like, yeah. American stuff. I mean, you know, that's uh, a- podcasters do it all the time. I mean, we're not we're not doing anything new here, committing war crimes, you know. I mean, if Steve Bannon can get a pardon, like, surely we can. Right? That's what, yeah. Every time I think about, uh, about war... Sorry, my brain, like, I literally <laughs> died for, like, two seconds there. He's back. I'm back. I'm better than ever. Um, so, yeah, we went to hell last episode. That was fun. Where do you think yeah, we're was... going to go this episode? Well, you know, I, I thought it was more of a situation where we, it's like a sitcom, you know, like, It's a hard reset after every episode, and we don't ever really talk about the traumatic things that happened to us in the past episodes. Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. But yet, then something equally traumatic happens, so... Right. So, I'll say something like, hey, hey Marge, uh, I don't remember going to hell last week, and then in your Marge voice, you would say... Mm, Me neither. Let me ask Comey. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch any movies, Casey? Uh, you know, I watched. Um, oh my god, did I watch any movies? I thought I watched something. I did. Oh no, I did watch something. <gasps> oh yay! <laughs> I um, I watched a movie called Blue Steel. Um, it's a, a Catherine Bigelow film with Jamie Lee Curtis. When was that? Um, nineteen ninety. 1990 exactly, I think. Ooh, that's a pre-Point Break. It is. Bigelow. But it's just as feminist as Point Break or anything else Catherine Bigelow has ever done. It's it's sneakily feminist is what it is, honestly. Because, um, yeah, 1990. Um, It's super good. It's about this cop who she just gets into the force and, like, one of her first days on the job... Uh, she shoots a man in a, a gas station because uh, he's holding everybody at gunpoint and he like swings his gun around to her and she just like unloads a whole clip on him. And when he when this uh, this uh, robber drops his gun, he drops it next to this guy just like it's uh, a, a customer like laying on the ground and the customer sees it and he just grabs the gun and like takes it. And we figure out that he's like a psychopath and he is obsessed with Jamie Lee Curtis's character. Um, and I think her name, I forgot her name. Hold on. What is it? Uh, Megan. Her name's Megan. 
Um, and so he, they form like a, like a, they start like a, a romantic relationship and she doesn't know that he's like a psychopath and like, uh, turning into a serial killer and he's really weird and all this stuff. But, um, anyway, it's like, it's really good. Like I loved it like a lot. Um, and, uh, I don't, I don't know why I haven't like ever heard of it or why like people don't talk about it, but I don't think it's bad. Like it's really good in my opinion. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm interested. I mean, I've always liked the stuff I've seen from Catherine Bigelow, which is shockingly little. Um, mm. cause I mean, I haven't seen Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty or even Strange Days. I'm going to be honest um, with you. <coughs> I've watched Detroit. Detroit was good, and I've watched Zero Dark Thirty, and that movie... I didn't movie, know Detroit was her. Was yeah, it? Detroit, yeah. The the Zero Dark Thirty hat, my ass was clenched the entire time. Um, it's like, pace. the pacing in this movie is just freaking amazing. But also, The Hurt Locker, I watched a long time ago, so I don't remember jack shit from it. So I'm gonna have to rewatch it, but... I uh I just remember being pissed off that Up lost to it, you know, like Oh the, yeah, yeah, Oscars, yeah. It's like uh, Up got nominated for best picture. Um and you know, obviously at that point I didn't really watch movies, but like Avatar Up is what I was rooting for. Imagine if Avatar won best picture in 2009, what would the world be like today, you think? It- you know, I think 2020 would have been more intense if Avatar had won. <laughs> Avatar 2 might have come out in 2020. Oh my god, As yeah. originally planned. Mm. You know, Avatar Dude. 2 was originally, originally planned for 2012. And then it got pushed to 2016. And then it got pushed to 18. And then it got pushed to 20. And now, what is it pushed to, like, 2022? Well, isn't it this year? I, I, fu- I feel like Avatar 2 is this year, and then we're supposed to get one, like, every year or something. Isn't that the plan for the Avatars? Something like that. It's like every year, every other year we get one. Hold on. Let me look up Avatar 2. Is anyone interested in these movies? Like, oh, I out am. of morbid curiosity, like, sure. But, like, Casey, are you interested in the continuation of, like, Jake Sully's story or, like, the Navi, like, is that what you're going in for? Or are you just curious to see if James Cameron is, like, gonna fuck everything up? Um, I'm actually curious. I, but also, I, I love the first Avatar. Like, I know people say, like, whatever, they, they, like, people say a lot of different shit about Avatar. Say what you will about Avatar, okay? I don't care. This movie is amazing, and I want... And if they're going to make a sequel, then hell yeah, I'm interested. I'm very interested. I don't... I'm more excited to see what they do technically than than story-wise, I guess, if that makes sense. Well, that's what Avatar has always felt like to me, is like they weren't even interested in telling that original or good of a story. They just it's want Fern to Gully showcase with special effects. Like, yeah. James Cameron's definitely become more interested in what he can do with technology rather than like what kind of 
story he can tell, I feel like. Right. Which, by the way, Avatar 2 is coming out 2022, and guess what its budget is? Oh, is it like 300 million? It's one, this is saying 1 billion. Wait, for Avatar 2? Yeah. Let me... So, like, just to break even, they've got to <laughs> be, like, one of the highest grossing films of all time. No, they literally... To, to be clear. They have to be the highest grossing film of all time if they want to break even. Yeah. Oh, my God. A Google search does, in fact, confirm. It does confirm <laughs> it. But I'm I'm looking at... Okay, never mind. What the fuck? It's 250. Is it a billion for the whole, like, yeah. new, new movies? Yeah, okay. I think it is. Uh, the budget is $250 million for this one. So that would work out if they're doing five Avatar movies. Then there's we got four more to go, and each one is $250 million. Yeah, that... that. I, can, hmm, I cannot believe that anyone would drop a billion dollars on a, uh, on a promised... Uh, avatar quadrilogy like mm-hmm. what <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how you spend your money yeah i am looking um and i i am interested in the fact that like somehow sigourney weaver is coming back um and so is stephen lang the villain from the first movie oh dope uh as well as sam worthington jake Sully, right. who i don't remember anything about and zoe zaldana who i've always Okay. Uh, was probably like the heart of the original. Zoe Saldana has been in everything under the sun. Can we just talk about that for a second? Like, why? No, she she's she's painted her body all kinds of colors. Literally, you know, green, blue, blue, yeah. Indicate further colors here. Uh, red, <laughs> red. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If she's been red, but. That, that doesn't feel too off base. Uh, honestly, no, no. Could be right. No, I I really like Zoe Zaldana, though. I think that she's one of those actresses that always, like, you can tell is really trying. But yeah. she's just got to be, like, the most successful actress, actually, if you think about it. Like, yeah. You know, the Avengers movies have mm-hmm. made billions of dollars. She's in the two highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah. Avatar and Endgame. Like, that's insane. And she's in the Star Trek movies. Um, yeah, and she plays a pretty good Yuhura. Yeah. Like, and people definitely don't bash her in those movies. Like, right. She's great. Yeah, if there's anything wrong with the new Star Trek movies, it's definitely not the actors. Like, I've always felt like everyone's pretty perfectly cast right. in, those, in those newer movies. I think it's just like J.J. Abrams really derailed that franchise with into darkness um and speaking of 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 derailment um i watched uh last jedi this i mean not last jedi uh, return of the jedi this week and a lot of people argue that that's where star wars got derailed and i was wondering if you had any thoughts on that um well if anybody knows me or sorry not knows me knows my letterbox um They'll see that I have Return of the Jedi at a at a whopping five stars because it's my favorite of the original trilogy. Um, really? Yeah. Even though I do uh, recognize its flaws and like, yeah, it like I I kind of agree. I can see where things were starting to go south, and where things were kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I can see how this can get bad in twenty years if 
because <laughs> it's not done right, which it happened. But um, still, Return of the Jedi, I, I think, is, is still an amazing movie and still has the same amount of heart um, and good storytelling that the, that the first two do. It's definitely got heart, um, and it still has good storytelling. I would say that the overall story of Return of the Jedi is is pretty great. Um, I think that the the stuff with the Emperor and Luke and Darth Vader is some of the most iconic stuff in Star Wars, and just the dialogue and the music there is incredible. Like, I think you'd have to be a damn fool to say the ending of Return of the Jedi is not great where i see people taking issue mm-hmm. with the movie and and definitely feeling that criticism is valid is is like the um the odd side story stuff like like the ewoks being such a major focus like i remember mm-hmm. as a kid i loved the ewoks and now you know i don't hate the ewoks but it definitely is like like very cheesy and very um indicative of where like the franchise was going like yeah george lucas was always going to be more concerned about like weird aliens that he could make and their quirky antics because the ewoks aren't any funnier than like the porgs the <laughs> the porgs <laughs> well i wasn't going to say the porgs i was going to compare them more closely to like the gungans you know mm, right like yeah. i think the only difference is like the gungans are like oddly racist enough to be more off-putting than uh <laughs> than the Ewoks and also they're freakish and CGI but I mean if George Lucas could have made CGI Ewoks he clearly would have done it if the if the special editions are are any indicator of that he's digitized everything else but no I, I really like Return of the Jedi it just I definitely this time around could tell that my preferences when it comes to Star Wars um you know, like Empire is like my ideal Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. and coming from that to Jedi was rougher this time. And I noticed that in like the Batman trilogy too. Like when I watched Dark Knight and then watched Dark Knight Rises back to back, that Dark Knight Rises is like a tougher watch. Like I think I needed more time between mm-hmm. watching these movies or something because I I don't know how to describe it other than like. I feel like uh, Return of the Jedi is just more of a, a side adventure and it feels less important than Empire, even though it's the ending of the trilogy. Like, mm. I think I know what it, you mean, actually. Yeah, like, do you, do you kind of feel like the stakes have died down a little bit, even though it's yeah. they should be kind of like ramping up? Yeah, they sh- yeah, it definitely feels like that. I think... I think what it is is that the fight on Endor could have been a, like a dope ass fight, like a dope ass like battle mm-hmm. between the you know the troopers and the and the rebellion and and then Darth Vader and Luke. But adding the Ewoks as a sort of uh, cutesy thing and also adding um, adding them in there for comedic relief. Um, was, which when Star Wars isn't even that dark, but I feel like he thought maybe like the ending could be like really dark if he didn't add something in there for comic relief. And so that's all they serve. 
but I feel like the if the Ewoks were taken out and maybe the the some plot lines were changed just like a little bit like the in the very end could have a, a little bit of a of a bigger struggle. I feel like yeah. it would have been a little bit, you know, better of Well, a I really like the original idea for this movie that it would be called Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Um and some of the plot lines from that that were abandoned like in Revenge of the Jedi, which Gary Kurtz was still on board for, um, you know, we would have seen, instead of Ewoks, we would have seen Wookiees. You know, it would have been Kashyyyk, Chewbacca's home planet, and th- he would have been fighting alongside other Wookiees. And that Ooh. infinitely sounds better in my head. Yeah, why didn't um, they do that, damn it? <laughs> well, because Wookiees, something to do with, like, costing more money, I'm pretty sure. George Lucas just changing his mind that... You know, right. more Wookiees would be not as great. But um, also in that version, uh, Han Solo was was supposed to die per Harrison Ford's request. He was like, I want a heroic death for the character. And I honestly think that that would have been just fine. Because if you watch Return of the Jedi, like, everyone's oddly safe. You know, like, mm-hmm. Princess Leia gets shot in the shoulder, like, once maybe yeah boohoo and that's like the only moment where you're like worried for anyone or and i mean luke i'm worried for luke when he's on the death star like he's getting yeah. zapped and you're like oh shit <laughs> is he gonna die yeah like, <laughs> but i i think that throughout the rest of the movie though it's it, it's pretty light um and you're not really all that worried like, I think that the most intense moment of the movie is when they're trying to get on to Endor itself and, like, they pass a shuttle and Luke's like, oh, Darth Vader's on that shuttle. I've I've screwed everything up. And then, like, Vader, like, is like, ooh, do we know about that shuttle? Like, that shuttle in particular? And I forgot about that scene. I was just kind of, like, biting my nails. I was like, oh, my. Do they, yeah. do they know that they're on Endor already? Right. But I don't know. I, I don't dislike Return of the Jedi at all. In fact, I think it's better than most Star Wars movies. I, I just can definitely now see why people might be disappointed in it as a conclusion coming off of Empire and also how it might have led to like the formula in the prequels, which right. is rehash stuff we know. I And I, I, I've kind of been holding off on saying it, but I think my biggest criticism of Return of the Jedi is that it is in a lot of ways New Hope again. Um, mm. You you have the Death Star, it's back. You have Darth Vader, uh, who went from you know dog of the Empire to like straight up SS officer in Empire Strikes Back. Go back to being the dog of the Emperor now, um, and you have. Uh, well, this time around, you know, Luke and Leia at least don't want to bang each other, so that's better. <laughs> hope True. Already. But it, it, okay, and that's maybe my final thing with the movie is that it introduces plot points that George Lucas will insist were planned, but clearly weren't. It's hard. Like, you cannot tell me that he planned Luke and Leia to be brother and sister. <clears throat> that's not, that does not compute. Mm <laughs> hmm. There was way too much, like, sexual tension between them in the first movie. And then even in the second movie, they made out, like... (laughs) Right. 
I don't think you're that into incest, George. I think I think you just didn't know how your characters were related to each other, and you just made it up on the spot. That's all I want to hear from him is that, is that he's like a confession that he never <laughs> the prequels before the other movies, or that he never had like a story map. Because it would make me feel so validated. Like <laughs> right now, I feel effing crazy. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, uh, well, before we jump into the meat of the episode, I, I, I wanted to ask, have you seen um, Trial of the Chicago 7 yet? No, I have not. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Every time I think, should I watch that? I look at it and I, I really don't want to. Like, not, not because of the source material, just because... Um, I've watched enough uh, true crime, or I guess this is not considered true crime. It's like a, what would you call this? Well, this is just like a, a, a courtroom movie. Or, yeah, I like, 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 like I, I don't know. I'm just tired of like things like that. Um, not that it's not an important movie and that it's not good, like, I've just been. It just doesn't interest me right now. I'll probably watch it at some point, but um, it seems like I, I thought it was kind of relevant. Like I, I don't think that it's your average court case movie. I think that it has a lot to say about um, corruption in the justice system and and also in our police force. I don't know. I, I, it felt shockingly relevant for a movie that was made before um, the Capitol riots. This is a movie about like the Nixon's administration pursuing, you know, charges against people with incitement to riot, and it was like a Vietnam peace protest, you know. Mm. And so that just feels like shockingly relevant to today, and as well as the Black Lives Matter cause, um, because the Black Panthers are very heavily featured in this movie in an interesting way. I don't know. I just think that Sorkin's such a good writer mm-hmm. um, that really he, should, he really shouldn't have to be paired with such a meteor, mediocre director like Aaron Sorkin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the dialogue is electric, but these are some of the stalest shots. And, and I think even the cast is, I mean, other than Sasha Baron Cohen, who like, uh, was a surprisingly good pick, and and Yahya Abdul Mateen, who the second, who is excellent in everything he's in. He's in um, Watchmen, and he's in uh, well, this, and now I can't think of anything else he's been in. But he's always great. Um, aside from like a couple of really great casting choices, it, it just seems like he was filling out his list with like celebrities on gotcha. on this one, and I don't know, like. This might be kind of controversial, but I I just don't like Eddie Redmayne that much usually. Mm, yeah. And this movie, he was like distracting to me. Like I liked the character he was playing, but I didn't necessarily love Eddie Redmayne's like American <laughs> accent or anything. I don't know. Right. And I I know that'll cause some woe with some people I know, but <laughs> he's good. Sometimes I just think that he might have been miscast here. Right, right, but, right. Well, yeah. Now I've now I've gotten that out of my system. <laughs> we gotta we gotta get into 
We gotta get into the meat and the potatoes, Kaiser. Let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes. Today. Today, 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 today. Isaac, first order of business. Have you watched WandaVision yet? Oh, nope. <laughs> uh, so good. Um, I'll maybe watch it this week. But I know me, and I know the more episodes that pile up, without me having watched them, the longer it'll take me for, to, for me to watch it. <laughs> so it's just an endless cycle. That's okay. Um, so far, it's really good. Uh, episode three, super dope. Really enjoyed it. There's nothing really much to say because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but episode three was really good. And anyway, so we thought that we today we would uh, we would talk about um, the good old Marvel. Yes, you know we we figured in celebration it. We could uh, rank some of our favorite Marvel movies, but also some of our least favorite Marvel movies because I feel like both of those extremes uh, vary for people. Like, you know, some people really like some of these movies and think that they're like top three material and like something in someone else's top three might be in someone else's like bottom three. Hmm. So it just seemed interesting to to discuss what uh, what we think when it comes to Marvel, which Casey and I have discussed before. We actually have kind of similar opinions, so mm-hmm. you might not hear too much controversy on this True. episode. I'm not going to be taking any L's today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not. I will not be taking the L's. Yeah, that's because this is, in my opinion, the bottom three is some of the easiest stuff because everyone's got their like least favorite Marvel movie in it. And I'm pretty sure it's all the same for people. Like, yeah, I don't know if, if I count down from three KC, can we both say our least favorite Marvel movie? Cause I think it might be the same one. Oh yeah. Let's go. Okay. Three, two, one. Thor, Thor the, the dark, dark world. world. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. And I mean, this is just obvious. Like, this movie has never received any love from the community. Like, Mm-mm. it came out and was immediately forgotten. <laughs> that's that's my view on it. Like, yeah, I, I I haven't seen it actually since I saw it in theaters. And the only mm-hmm. reason I saw it in theaters is, well, I was a teenager who really likes keeping up with Marvel movies, and I like to be <laughs> mm-hmm. part of the culture. So, yeah, I, I went. It's, um, it's, it's, I've, I've seen it several times and it's super bad. Um, super, 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 super bad. Forgettable. Lazy. That's the thing is it's very forgettable. Like I, you know, I remember some basic like plot points. Does the um, mom die or does she not die? No, she dies. She dies. That, well, that I remember mainly because it. Because of the end game, like I uh... yeah no I was ask I was asking you I was like well this that's a pretty big important thing that happens I wonder if he'll remember um and I and I mean dies, I think but... I remembered it even before I saw End Game but I'm not sure actually <laughs> <laughs> I I remember like uh, Stellan Skarsgård is like bad is he bad. Stellan Skarsgård? No, I yeah, love Stellan Skarsgård. Except, well, in in the dark. No, world. no, no. I mean, I mean, is he a bad guy in the movie? 
Oh, 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 no, 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 no. The bad guy is... Um, the Ninth Doctor, The right? Ninth Doctor, yeah, that's what I was literally about to say. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Um, no, but Scar... Uh, Stellan Skarsgård just um, runs around naked a lot in the movie. Oh, that's right, because yeah. he's... Yeah. Crazy. Or yeah. they think he's crazy. I don't... Ugh. No, I don't remember very much from this movie at all, but like what I do remember, I'm not a big fan of. I think the only thing that really continues to work in this Thor movie is Chris Hemsworth kind of as Thor. Like I still don't care about him yet in this one and um Yeah, me neither. And Loki. Loki has always been pretty solid in all of the movies. I think he kind of peaked in Avengers the first one, but mm-hmm. I mean to each his own. I, um, oh, I do like him in the later Thor installments, though. Like, Ragnarok is solid. Right, right, right. I, I Honestly, I think what went wrong with Thor The Dark World um, was a couple of plot threads um, that they didn't expand on enough. For example, the Stellan Skarsgård running around naked. Like, that's just a stupid little f- plot thread. And then also, the villain is uh super 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 weekly uh week um as a like a um shoot one of the cogs in my brain just absolutely busted um <laughs> he's sorry the villain scary. is not very well written is what i meant to say and no he's not very scary at all his his whole th- his whole shtick is uh, i want to consume the world in darkness and that's it like there's like nothing else to that and it's really boring and it's really bad and i hate it so yeah and i mean that's a that's something that you see in a lot of early marvel movies is like the villains are always pretty weak Mm -hmm. and i mean that's still a that's still a problem today but i mean we're coming off of an age with like villains like thanos and the vulture i mean we've had it pretty good as of late but you know, traveling far back enough, you definitely see how early Marvel had pretty terrible villains. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it was just distracting, you know? Like, you come into a movie and you get, like... I mean, even the good Marvel movies, you get, like, some solid, like, witty banter and, like, wonderful performances by the main actors. And then the villain shows up and you're like, oh, my God, I don't fucking care. <laughs> mm, yeah, right. But... Yeah. I mean, that's just that stink pile. What what would you say is your next worst one? <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm having a hard time trying to pick my next one because there there's a couple that vie for my top pick or my second pick. But you know, I guess um Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um I don't care that you broke no. Um I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, and you probably, you might disagree with me on this, but I, but Captain Marvel is my second pick. My number two. I, I don't have love for Captain Marvel. I uh, I did consider it, it. It's pretty close to my bottom three. Yeah. But um, it, um, you know, in, it came out in 2019. And now listen, everybody, I have a reason. It's not because she's a woman, like you may think. <laughs> No, um, it, it, it came at in, in 2019 and we are like at, 
like Marvel MCU peak at the in this year, right? Coming off of Infinity War, about to go into Endgame, um, and it is so one boring and two mm-hmm. absolutely a, a retread of like earlier like MCU entries. Like it has all the problems of the first like um, five to six. MCU films that they later kind of ironed out um, in their later films. And I, I'm not sure why it still has these problems, um, but I, I mean, I absolutely do not care, did not care about Captain Marvel as a superhero um, like I should have. I mean, it's the first uh, female led MCU film. Um, it should have been great, uh, and it wasn't. And I and it, there's two direct. It was it was directed by Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck, which um, mm-hmm. I don't know how du- that duo you know works. I don't know what else what else they have directed, but I will tell you that I did not like Captain Marvel at all, and also I did not like um, the villain either. And uh, oh yeah, Jude Law like surprisingly weak. In this yeah, movie. like right. I mean, Jude Law usually, is hot. at least with him, like, you can <laughs> you can get like some scenery chewing. Or yeah, something, but he doesn't even do that too much. You know, he's yeah. just boring. I think, yeah, yeah. I I think Ben Mendelsohn was like the biggest surprise of this movie that I enjoyed. But that's that's not really a surprise because Ben Mendelsohn is Ben Mendelsohn. So no, he's great in yeah. everything he's in, and and that's saying a lot. For me, because I don't like most of the things I've seen Ben Mendelsohn in. Like, I don't like Rogue One that much, but right. I do I do like Ben Mendelsohn in that. I uh, I don't really care for Captain Marvel, but I think Ben Mendelsohn is very it's very funny mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> and like, yeah. it was it was a nice twist. Like of of the things in Captain Marvel that I appreciate, I think that like Samuel L. Jackson um, mm-hmm. looks pretty good. His CG. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I, just I like, love the dynamic between Nick Fury and and Brie Larson in this movie, but it's okay. I mean, they you can tell they like each other. Oh yeah, oh Larson definitely. Cast him in his in her movie. Yeah, <laughs> Unicorn Store. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, they must be friends. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely chemistry in their performance. I could tell, um, which I really I really like that that aspect of the film. Um, but just pretty much everything else was pretty much a miss for me. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I don't really remember the movie all that well. A year out, two years out, almost. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't oh think I'll ever God. revisit it. To be honest. It's yeah, just, it's I. Just that boring. <laughs> I'm honestly, I, I will. Re- I mean, I revisit all the Marvel movies uh, about every other year. I go through and I watch all twenty something, twenty three now of them, and now I've got shows to add to that it for me it's kind of fun to watch to just kind of go back and watch them and then watch the evolution of everything especially as like we get more, more films and, and uh, made and it adds to the universe it's to me it's really cool yeah i see the problems with it but we can we can get into that here in a minute but let's keep talking oh, yeah. about the the shitty ones uh I, my next shitty one is not everyone's like least favorite, but I just really don't care for these movies, and and the second one especially was really bad. I would have to say Ant Man and the Wasp. 
mm-hmm. is my next pick for bottom theaters. Yeah. I just really do not care for the Ant-Man movies. Like, the first one is, like, competent. Like, I think Peyton Reed did a great job imitating what Edgar Wright had in mind for Ant-Man. And I think, you know, my biggest problem with that movie will always be we could have had Edgar Wright's Ant-Man, <laughs> which that sentence alone is incredible. Yeah. And God, it makes me sad to know it'll never you know see the light of day outside of like some test footage but uh, mm. that's not its only problem by the way like i think that ant-man one you know is 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 pretty funny but just overall like i i don't really care that much about scott lang as a character really um, i think that he's fine like i think that paul rudd is like perfectly charming or whatever and you know when he gets to play around with the avengers and endgame i'm like oh he's fun but I think that's the only time that I've ever really enjoyed watching the character is in Endgame. So so take that um, and, and, and add that to Ant-Man and the Wasp, which came out at a terrible time. Like The fact that this was the movie that they decided to release after Endgame baffles... I mean, not Endgame, Infinity War baffles me. Yeah. Like, you're going from that to Ant-Man and the Wasp? That's the that's the transition. You Which want. it's so it's so frustrating too because Ant Man and the Wasp has really important story threads that have a ripple effect on the rest of the universe, and the movie is so so messy. Like it's it's messy and it's forgettable, which yeah. is something that's so unfortunate to see because the movie uh, definitely is trying to like. This is celebrity stunt casting at its worst. Like, they get really good actors to be in this movie mm-hmm. just to waste them. Like, Lawrence Fishburne is not used at all. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, I hardly remember how she was involved in the movie. And I couldn't even tell you, is she, like, Evangeline Lilly's mom? Or, like, yeah. what's her deal? Yeah, she is. She's, uh... She's just stuck in, like, the... In the other yeah, she's stuck in the, in the other dimension, yeah. Can can I just say, though, that I think even, like, we could talk about Michelle Pfeiffer being kind of useless in the movie, but the oh, most man, useless I... character in that movie is Walton Goggins' character. Yeah, what's uh, he even in it for? I, I don't know, but I, I love Walton Goggins, but holy crap, do I hate that character in that movie. That whole that whole plot line is so stupid. It's so stupid. I don't know. It's it's really bad, man. I uh I definitely feel like the, the the problem with villains is like so apparent in this movie like the ghost character yeah the ghost villain is, no is undermined by mm-hmm. like the other like three parties out there because like walton goggins is running around and then isn't there some like other group like i don't even i'm pretty sure it, there's dude. like three villains in this movie but there's also like three different plot plots going on at the same time and it's it's not good but it's just a mess it's not that funny and honestly it's it's just a weird way to follow infinity war like if you're watching these movies i hope you don't watch them in production order like when it comes to this like i i honestly hope that people watch ant-man and the wasp before infinity war like i just cannot imagine 
having a movie marathon and going from Infinity War to this, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, which <laughs> and isn't really a valid, you know, criticism of this movie to say like, oh, it doesn't pair well with another, but like, when your movie franchise is basically a TV series, I think it's fair game to say that one episode didn't really jive well with another, you know, and that's right. exactly what Marvel's going for. They just want to make television with a bigger budget and yeah dude they hire they hire tv directors like if you tv directors aren't difficult you know you don't have to fire a tv director for getting too big like kevin feige is essentially a showrunner he's like the producer yeah the executive producer of everything but he's a showrunner if you ever wonder where the hell the russo brothers came from because the only other film, notable film they had under their belt before, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier was uh, You, Me, and Dupree. It's because they worked in TV, and that's what Marvel wants. They want people to work with super easily so they can, all every film they make has a certain aesthetic to it that feels like it's from the same cloth, and... Um, but also directors that can put a, like put different spins on the movie so they feel different enough, just different enough for all the all the freaking critics to go out there and say, "Oh, this Marvel movie's different, you know? It's uh, it's got it's it's got Taika Waititi. We did comedy this time. Yeah, we, they just turned up the comedy dial and it's different and it's it's unlike anything you've ever seen and it's actually just the exact same thing we've been seeing but just slightly different. The cloth is just a different color. But anyway, that's a different rant. But yeah. Oh man, to think that I was considering that Taika Waititi one as like one of my one of my top picks i mean that's okay i'm gonna take the l on 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 the thor ragnarok discussion because i know i know it, it didn't make my top three but like i i do think it's one of the better marvel movies it's, and I, I, for me it's not even one of the better ones for me it's just middling like oh yeah it, yeah like it's casey you said you're gonna go into this with no l's and here I'm, you are i know i'm taking the l big, I'm taking big the l. fat one right uh-huh. there well, Jeez, I'll just tell me your next favorite. Let, let me hold on. Favorite. Let me yeah. Let me redeem myself real quick. My 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 last like least favorite MCU movie is obviously The Incredible Hulk. Um, really, Edward Norton is a miscast. I don't care what anybody says. He did a he did an okay job. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, he did an okay job as the Hulk. But holy shit, I would have loved to see anybody else in that role. Other than him. Um, and I also would have loved to see some maybe better or different CGI. Um, the only thing that makes me want to watch this movie, like, ever. Like, I've only seen it. Like, I saw it in theaters, and I watched it a couple times after. And every time I watch the MC move, MCU movies, I never watch it. Because it's it just absolutely... It's not, just, it's not canon <laughs> in the MCU to me. But only reason I watch this movie... Is for that insanely, like, just orgasmic uh, Hulk versus Abomination fight in the last like thirty minutes. Like, is that, it good? I love the Hulk Abomination fight, and I've talked to a couple of other people that say they also think the fight is really, really good because 
you got Hulk, you know, swinging around like a wrecking, like a chain with like a, a wrecking ball. Like, I don't know. The fight is so intense and so just like Hulkish, you know, like it's, it's what a Hulk fight should be. Um, and I really like it for that. But the rest of the movie absolutely sucks, and uh, it's definitely probably the worst of the MCU movies besides Thor: The Dark World. But oh, and, and Captain Marvel. I mean, well, yeah. Where, well, where does it rank? I, I'd say okay. Sorry, I'd say if we're gonna put these these three uh, least favorite MCU movies in a ranking, then uh, number three is Captain Marvel. Number two is uh, The Incredible Hulk, and number one is Thor: The Dark World. So okay, okay. Yeah. I uh, I like your your choice. I I honestly haven't seen Incredible Hulk in such a long time that I didn't I didn't feel comfortable putting it in the bottom three. Gotcha. And that was the same situation with Iron Man two, mm, but a, yeah. a movie that I did um, remember and I I really dislike. In fact, I I think I could honestly say I hate this movie. The more the more time that passes, the more I, I am comfortable saying this. Uh-oh. I think Age of Ultron. Um, oh my god! I forgot about Age of Ultron. Three. And that's the thing is for an Avengers movie, like it's it's by far the weakest one. It's oh, the one yeah. everyone fucking forgets about. Yeah. Um. And, and and I would argue that this is the point where the Marvel universe, um, started hitting like. Uh made for tv vibes like this this movie just feels like three episodes of a television show like crammed into one you know like there's so much random shit going on like you have the introduction of the character of vision you have the introduction of the villain ultron you have thor like going off on some like weird side quest that maybe will like factor into things you've got iron man and captain america splitting off uh you know their friendship for civil war which is really weak in this movie they just like pull some like wood apart <laughs> and that's their that's their tension right right one. yeah and, like also if you're trying to make iron man sympathetic going into civil war here he is as at his fucking dumbest like there was yeah. no no reason to make Ultron. There was no reason for the like robots, like robot policemen. Like what was up? I mean, with Tony the, Stark in this movie. They'll say it's because of Thanos and his the fear that he put in from the first movie, the attack on New York. But for it to stand on its own, it, it doesn't work. You know, like I was. Yeah. I remember I the first two times I watched Age of Ultron, I was confused as hell about things. I've since seen the movie about five times, and I understand now that it just kind of sucks. But um, there's like it, way too much stuff going on in it. It's definitely like the um, it's like the Amazing Spider-Man two of its of its universe. Like I, I do feel like this is a transition movie, and that they were setting up a lot of stuff, um, some of which never really came to fruition. Like I don't think that. Well, I mean, obviously with WandaVision going on, maybe there's more happening. But, like, I think within the movies, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision are very weak characters. And I think their introduction in this movie was supposed to lead to, like, bigger and better things. And, like, 
in terms of the movies, we just haven't seen that yet. And I mean, obviously, I'll watch WandaVision soon because <laughs> I would yeah. like to see these characters have any development. But on top of that, you've got like uh, Quicksilver, who uh, you'll have to remember we saw first in um, an X Men movie in Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. And by God, you are taking the L, even trying yeah. to compete with that. Like uh, the the kid from Kick Ass, I think plays uh quicksilver in this movie and he is just so forgettable um i just remember that he has like a russian accent and he dies I yeah mean, and he he's introduced for one movie and he dies and i would have loved to see quicksilver in another like mcu movie i think that would have been cool but now he dies he dead dead um and, and like it's it's odd for like a, a franchise that like spares its main characters like any real consequences that they would that they would kill quicksilver but i do i do think that it should have been maybe a trend that was followed up on but with like a developed character like i think that's one of the biggest missed opportunities in civil war is Mm -hmm. you know war machine um is crippled but like it could have been like an actually like very powerful moment if he was like killed yeah during that that skirmish and that's what i thought they were building to honestly in the trailer but i don't know like it's not done well in this movie i'm not saying that's like a win killing Mm -hmm. quicksilver i'm just saying that no you know it's it's weird to introduce like stakes like that in this movie and then like never follow up on them which speaking of stakes uh this movie's stakes are so so low like Ultron does not ever seem to have the upper hand in any of the fights that he gets in. This is every character um, is is cracked out. So I don't want to hear people like say Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, is um, too powerful. Yeah. Uh, for her own good, because just watch Age of Ultron, where every character um, is is ridiculously cracked out. Like they they never break a sweat doing anything in this fucking movie. Even Vision, yeah. who was just introduced, like, uh, goes ahead and wipes out uh, Ultron. Yeah. With no fanfare. Like, it's it's such a nothing movie to me. And yeah. it, it's such a shame to remember being excited for it at the time and, like, to the, think about... What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was going to say the trailers were so good for this movie yes like they the, were the ones with like the the i got no strings on me yeah yeah it's, it was they were super like it was like a super dark and like gritty like trailer and uh it looked like things are gonna be happening and then we watched the movie and it's like no oh no 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 <laughs> like the hulk and iron man were gonna throw down and yeah like, which i do Ultron like that, was really that scene mess up. but yeah, yeah, the that scene slaps. It's definitely not what we thought it would be based on the trailer, though. But I mean, right, it's still a good scene. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, like, just very disappointing, very forgettable, and I think it marks a point in Marvel where, like, it you know transition movies were now fair game, and like bland, forgettable stuff like Ant Man and the Wasp was essentially able to happen because of movies like age of ultron and also joss whedon is just not that great of a director anyway (laughs) just getting all that out of the way (laughs) 
Gotcha. We're, 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 we've got the negative behind us. I mean, Casey, do you want to lead us into into one of your favorite Marvel movies? Yeah, let, let's go. Let's go. Um, you know, first off, um, I don't think I'm going to be taking any L's this time. So I'm going to go oh. ahead and start off with a classic. One of my favorites. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's Captain America, the Winter Soldier, baby. It's one of the best ones. Uh, Yeah, no, uh, there's no doubt. uh, This is uh, Joe Joe and Anthony Russo's uh, debut. And it is one of the best. um, uh, I just lost the word. (laughs) What is the word for this? It's It's on the tip of my tongue. Espionage. Oh, yeah, uh, movies. Yeah, thrillers. Out, out thriller. Yes, it is. So this is one of those movies where uh, the trailer uh, didn't, the movie didn't disappoint based on the trailer. Like I saw the trailer, thought it looked amazing, saw the movie, was better than I even expected. Uh, it's crazy. The only, the only thing bad I have to say about this movie is uh, at the very end sequence when S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically getting uh, destroyed, I'm just thinking, where are the Avengers? This is like an Avenger-level event, but Captain America, he handles it. But I'm willing to forgive that small part of the movie because that's like almost in every MCU film. It's like, why are the Avengers just... Well, that's like every post-Avengers movie. Exactly. Where the fuck was everyone? Yeah. Why didn't they come help? (laughs) The the universe was about to end. What were you doing? True. But no, nah, it's a great like spy thriller espionage movie. Scarlett Johansson and um, uh, Chris Evans like uh, relationship with their chemistry in the movie is amazing. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson gets like the most screen time uh, besides the Avengers movies like in this movie, yeah. uh, and it's great. The Crossbones character, which he only becomes Crossbones in Civil War, I know, but the when he's introduced in this movie, he's cool. I like him. And uh, I got to say, my favorite scene of the whole movie is when they go to the secret um, shield bunker, which was actually a Hydra bunker, and you see the Zoloff is like, Zoloff, is that his name? It's like, I think it's like... uh, Zemo, you mean? No, 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 Zemo, Baron Zemo's in Civil War. It's like, he's like a, he was like uploaded into the computer, and he's like talking to Captain America, like that scene is just really like, it's, it's weird, the scientist with the little glasses. Yeah, the, yeah. I thought his name. Yeah. I thought his name was like Zoloft. Maybe. Not like Zoloft, like the medicine. Yeah. Like, I'm de- I was you know. About to say like. <laughs> yeah. No. Too much like it. I'll, you talk about it. I don't know. Let me look it up while you talk. <laughs> oh, I. This is like my second favorite Marvel movie. Like this is definitely my runner-up, um, and it's very close. I. I just really love how this movie makes you forget that you're watching a marvel movie and it really does feel like you're in kind of an intense thriller like i'll never forget seeing this in theaters i i thought samuel l jackson was was dead dude like i I thought they killed him off for this movie and that was just an incredible moment to have and like yeah shield uh being destroyed so quickly after the avengers was like unforgettable like what a shocking like turn of events you know this organization that everyone knew was like important to the comics and was established as very important in the in the first avengers movie as well as in a tv show like 
oh my god they just destroyed it <laughs> mm-hmm. that was just yeah. incredible and also i've got to say the villain um of of the winter soldier is so good yeah like, the sebastian stan is is scary in this movie and sympathetic at the same time like every time steve throws down with him you know there's just such a a, a, a mix of emotions in the audience just like there is for steve and like even even Robert Redford and like all the all the shield agents that turn out to be like Hydra operatives like mm-hmm. that's crazy to watch too at the same time you're just like yeah, oh I my god yeah yeah I, it was such a it's such a, a like a mindfuck in theaters like i've only seen it one time but i i've never forgotten really? how much it how how much it impacted me and how good it was like this is this is a class like a class act Marvel movie. And yeah. I think this this is what I want more of the movies to be like. And I also like Civil War, but I don't think it's as solid as this. Right, one. right. Like I think yeah. as a follow up, I definitely prefer this one. In in, in in large part because the Avengers don't show up. Like I almost think that's the fault in Civil War is that it's like borderline an Avengers movie and I almost don't want that. Like I, I kinda just want Captain America on his own because his movies are probably consistently the best. Right. When I say consistently, I don't mean that they are the best. I just mean usually when you're jumping into a Captain America movie, you know it's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. I and I don't know that there's any other franchise within the Marvel universe that you can say that about. Like it's definitely not true of Thor. It's not true of Iron Man. Yeah. Well, it's, we'll have to see if we if if Spider-Man 3 goes well, then Spider-Man will be like the new like kind of like perfect. Yeah, but a uh, lot of people don't like trilogy. Far From Home. Like Well, I mean, and, Far and From Home has like... its problems, but is Far From Home as bad as Iron Man 2 or Thor the Dark World really? No. No, of yeah. course not. I I I like the Spider-Man movies a lot. I'm just saying unanimously, like could people agree on that? Yeah, I guess maybe I don't know, and a lot of people would would be screaming at me right now. I think because Guardians of the Galaxy also comes to mind, but I um, I don't I mean, think two's very good. Uh, yeah, I mean I love number two, but I think two's a, a little bit weaker than one. One was a hard feat to like beat, even because one is amazing. But um, dude, I have I have Guardians of the Galaxy two behind the likes of like doctor strange and ant-man and iron man 3 even like i do not care for two <laughs> really yeah that's like i don't know i don't want to get too sidetracked but right i, I uh what so, no sorry go ahead well i was gonna say like i i think that winter soldier is a fantastic pick for your number three spot but i think yeah. that um an essential marvel movie that i'm sure has aged a little bit and you know people don't see it as perfectly as they used to but uh the first avengers movie i think has got to be my number three pick because i'll never forget the feeling of going to see this movie and actually seeing this universe like come together for the first time like it's incredible what they pulled off here yeah absolutely incredible it's really easy to forget how like what a novelty it was right like you know it's happened so many times since but yeah back in 2012 when this when avengers dropped like everyone lost their fucking minds dude 
Yeah, me, me, and uh, me and my mom went to go see it at the at the drive-in, and I remember it was. I think it was just me and her. I just I asked her if uh, I asked her if we could go see it, and she brought me, and it was so amazing. I was so giddy, and I was so happy, and I it was absolutely better than I ever could have thought it it would be, you know. Um, I I was under the impression like ah oh, this will never work like it's it's probably gonna be bad but like no it it's absolutely like yin and yang there's a balance in the movie that is so just expertly like achieved and crafted and I I, I gotta yeah I gotta say it's uh, it's really good it's a it's it's a plus I I think like. You know, looking back, there's definitely problems with the story. And, I mean, even Joss Whedon's directing probably doesn't hold up as well as it as it does in my head canon. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, in my mind, you know, there's Avengers. Like, that, that perfect little crossover movie. And I'm sure if I were to rewatch it with a critical eye, like, you know, there'd be problems. But, like, I think, I think that you can be biased towards a movie because of the because of the context of it, because of the historical, like, significance of it. And I think that, you know, Avengers is so significant. Like, not only mm-hmm. did Marvel pull off the impossible, which is getting a, a an Avengers movie out before DC got a Justice League movie out. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, it being good, like, it being competent in any way, and I... I think one of the things I like about it the most is that it addresses something that you wouldn't expect a movie like this to address, which is if you get a lot of big personalities together in a room, they're going to fucking clash, dude. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about this first Avengers movie is Iron Man and Thor and Captain America and the Hulk. They just like don't get along, Mm -mm. you know, and you have to actually see them build a relationship as a team and, I don't know, dude. It it's so satisfying to like see that come into fruition in the finale. Like, this is one of those movies for sure that it was more culturally acceptable to like clap, like <laughs> during the movie. like scenes that you thought were awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, it wasn't like super cringy to do that yet. Like, yeah. I'll, you know that scene with the Hulk and he like grabs Loki and he's like, bah, 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 <laughs> which feels like such a 2012 like meme. But uh, I remember, you know, everyone clapped for that, and they were like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Know? I miss I, that. That's so pure. <laughs> I know. I know. I, de- I, re- I specifically remember that moment and just losing my shit. Like, I love um, moments like that in this film. I think work really well. Yeah, audiences are so much harder to please, and that shit just yeah. does not happen anymore. <laughs> Although I, I will say, when I saw a Joker with a with a Thai audience in in Thailand, um, I was I was very surprised to see that uh, the scene where the the little midget can't reach the lock uh, got uproarious laughter and this is this had been a theater that had been silent throughout the rest of the movie oh suddenly God. like little small man can't reach lock they were like ah! <laughs> how's he gonna get out of there <laughs> that's more so like, bad <laughs> oh. yeah dude um but i mean 
Avengers, dude. What can I say other than Heck yeah. I love this movie still, even if it's got its flaws. And right. fuck Age of Ultron again. You know, they really yeah. ruined a good thing. True, they did. But what? they kind of brought it back. I think I'm going to go ahead and give my other two top ones because I don't think they're different from, they're very different from yours. And I yeah, also, yeah. I also don't think that anybody's like not going to see it coming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it. So, my other two picks, real quick. Going number two, we're going Infinity War. Saw this, saw this four times in theaters. I think coming back from Age of Ultron, they really had to impress us, and I, and it, it did. I think it, it's uh, it's about just as good as the first Avengers, in, in my eyes at least. Probably, probably Avengers is a little better than Infinity War, but... I still like Infinity War. Still love Infinity War. And Infinity number War is great. Oh, Infinity Wars, yeah. And I, I did consider it in place of the original Avengers movie because I, I do think that they they took the franchise in such interesting directions and like mm-hmm. Thanos is so great. It's yeah. probably better than Avengers, but hey, you know, again, cultural cultural context. Too. Exactly, exactly. And my number one pick. You already know who it is. It's copyrighted music is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's Iron Man, baby. <laughs> it's Iron Man. Is is it's gotta be. Was Iron Man gonna be your top pick? Yep. The Iron Man's yep. my top pick, baby. What, I, what was uh, your other one? What? What was your other uh, pick? Oh, it was Winter Soldier. Yeah, oh, I, oh, I, I had okay. Winter Soldier at number two. Gotcha. Um, and then Iron Man. It's been my number one from day one. I I love Iron Man, dude. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. Some of the criticisms we've brought up over the past hour are are still applicable to this movie. Like, I, I fully acknowledge that Jeff Bridges is not the best villain yeah. in all of Marvel. Or even that right. good of a villain. Right. But I still love it. It's Jeff Bridges, and he's, like, screaming at people. He's like, ah! He was in a cave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Stark did this in a cave with scraps. And the scientist just looks at him. He's like, well, I'm not Tony Stark. And then 20 years later in Spider-Man Far From Home, he comes back to help uh, <laughs> Mysterio because he's uh, mad at Tony Stark because Jeff Bridges yelled at him. Well, isn't that incredible, though, the power that this first Iron Man movie has that, like, they can just bring back random-ass side characters and I people know. will be like, oh, my God. That's right? So, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> they brought back Scientist Man from Iron Man 2008. <laughs> he was literally probably listed as scientist in the credits of Iron mm-hmm. Man. And then, and then in Far From Home, he's evil scientist, but... I think Iron Man is like the only Marvel movie to me that feels like a full, you know, like, like, I think Iron Man's the only Marvel movie that I can watch on its own and just be like, okay, you know what? Right. I'm like, done. I'm done. I don't now. need a marathon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, yeah. There it is in the movie. It's, it's a solid movie. Um, and that's the thing is like, it's unfortunate that it came out in 2008 because any other year it would have easily been the best superhero movie of its year but i mean it's the dark night you're going yeah i mean you're always going to lose that baby you're always going to lose that yeah but um it's a losing battle (laughs) i think it's a very close second for that year Um, yeah i just love robert downey jr he is 
absolutely amazing in the role mm-hmm. of Iron Man. Um, and the the redemption in this movie, mm-hmm. like the 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 character turn, is so convincing. It's so good. Uh-huh. One of the best character arcs ever. I mean, and it, honestly, I think Iron Man has the best character arc in the entire MCU because he grows even past that first movie. Like mm-hmm. he continuously grows and his character changes uh, all the way up to the very end, and it's absolutely amazing what Robert Downey Jr. Did with the character, how he elevated the character. Yeah, this it's, is a B tier comic book character at best. Exactly. And now he's one of the big boys. He's one of the big ones, thanks to thanks to good old Robert Downey. He's yeah, Iron Man's great. There's just great, so great. much that we take for granted about this movie these days, mm-hmm. like the the ending, you know, like where he's like, "I'm Iron Man," and he and he cuts the bullshit with the secret identity. Like that was huge at mm-hmm. that time. Like every other superhero movie, even The Dark Knight, is so obsessed with like the the concept of a secret identity. And I think this was the first like superhero movie that really acknowledged that's fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, I love the ending to this movie. It's it's totally out of left field, um, and it's just like I, I I don't know what else. To, like it, it totally reinvented the the superhero genre. Um, mm-hmm. Well, um, with some help from the Dark Knight, obviously. But in terms of the MCU, Iron Man was that point, you know, where it's like, all right, no more messing around, and people started to pay attention to it and. I like it for that. I think that it did, um, it's a, did a stellar job at that. And Jean uh, Jean Favreau as the director. I mean, holy holy hell! Like, yeah, dude, such a was... solid movie that he he made here. He directed here. He hasn't even directed that many solid ones since. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, he sure brought his A game to this one. Yeah, I God, I wish he would direct more things like Iron Man because Iron Man was great. <laughs> Um. And uh, yeah, you um, cut out. Oh no, Casey, are you still there? Yeah. Okay, I thought your mic like died, died. Oh, did you? Could you not hear me? No, I couldn't hear you. You said uh, I, <laughs> and then I, you were gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Oh, that's okay. I just said I. I love Iron Man. I am Iron Man. I love. Iron I Man. am Iron Man. <laughs> I am Iron Man. Well, yeah, yeah that was a, a solid list. I, I mean, I knew that we would have pretty much the same ones, but yet I still found myself surprised at your ability to to take L's in the, <laughs> in the midst of such a universally agreed upon ranking, which is my ranking. Everyone right. knows it's the best one. It is, yeah, guys. I Isaac does have the best ranking. He's got the universally approved ranking, but... What does that say about him as a person? Does it say he's a sheep? Well, yes. Um. Casey Hubbard <laughs> has gone on record not liking Lady Bird. He's okay. taken the L I, on countless I, I blockbuster on, films. Can went, we really trust this man to run our podcast? Paid for by the Association of Isaac Udodge and the Marvel <laughs> Ranking List. <laughs> Okay, yes, I have publicly went on record stating that I don't like Lady Bird, but I have I have I later retreaded you know what I said about Lady Bird. Okay? Cancel culture's forever, man. You're gone. 
I know, I know. Dude, no, I'm my biggest fear is I'm going to get canceled for some stupid shit like if I ever get like famous or anything. What? <laughs> what like what? I don't like I don't know like what I would be canceled for, but I just know like there'll be something that people won't like about me. <laughs> they'll cancel me for for saying um uh they'll cancel me for the ladybird thing. That'll probably be like the very first That'll be the I thing. Yeah. Yeah, that honestly will. And then, and then my my professional racial relationship with Greta Gerwig will dissolve just like that. I feel like my uh, my cringe uh, twenty twelve Facebook posts will will get me like they're not edgy or anything. They're just, they're just really yeah. hard to read these days. <laughs> <laughs> People will be oh, like, "He said God. freaking instead of fuck back then." Uh, That's yeah. cringe, bro. We gotta cancel this. <laughs> same my my old i have a really old twitter account um that i'm trying to find and there's some pretty there's some pretty bad stuff on there like there's some just absolutely stupid shit well let us know if you find casey's twitter account please Um, don't try to find my twitter account i gotta find and delete it before anybody finds it and uh tell me if you find one of my old tumblers uh because oh boy (laughs) oh boy an old tumbler Anyway, uh, also let us know if you have like an inferior ranking of these movies because it it probably will be you know it probably just won't be as good. Yeah. Sorry. Don't even don't even try. Well, that Casey and I will put it up on our fridge though because we care I and mean, we're proud. True. Well, this was a good episode. I think we ra- we ranked. Uh, we solidified ourselves as the podcast uh, that likes to um, that or, sorry sorry we've solidified ourselves as the podcast that also doesn't talk about high that doesn't oh my god okay I'm gonna say this one more time okay we're gonna we get have this sentence we're gonna get th- we have solidified ourselves as the podcast that not only talks about high art films but also talks about popular culture and we are also nerds we've got that out there okay well, there's a little something for everybody on this podcast there also, i said it i said the sentence i'm a i'm a bird now goodbye casey <laughs> whoa <laughs>